Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. One, two, three. Hello and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. We got the whole crew back together this week. That's Alex Martin, Dan DeLuca, Super Producer Amanda Inscore, and myself, Dustin Levy, here to recap all of the Week 8 games. And it's crazy to think we are entering Week 9. The stakes are only getting higher, but this past week, a lot of big ramifications in those games. And I wanted to start out on the Cape, a big district contest that, Dan, you covered uh, Mariner getting the win there. How did it go? Uh, Mariner 27-23, and Mariner did just about everything they could to kind of let this one get away. Uh, they had entered the game with a 22-0 touchdown-to-interception ratio. So, of course, Noah Tolbert hadn't thrown a pick all year, had missed the previous three games with an injury, came back. Four interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown. Mariner also had 12 penalties, uh, a lot of holdings, one that brought back another touchdown. Uh, but they were able to persevere. Sometimes when you're going against a team that's been your nemesis for so long, North had won the last seven in a row against Mariner. They really hadn't been competitive games. Average score like 46 to 10. Sometimes it takes a little bit to kind of get over that hump and, you know, sort of believe that you can really beat this team. And give a lot of credit to Mariner because uh, there was every reason for them to think, hey, this just isn't going to be our night. But they kept fighting, uh, score a late touchdown, get a late turnover uh, from North, who had driven to the 20-yard line the last two minutes. Uh, touchdown would have given them the lead and the win. And uh, Mariner was able to persevere and, and come out of it with a victory. And for North, it's just, uh, you know, the story for them this year has been the close loss. This is their fourth loss uh, by seven or fewer points this year, uh, including two one-point losses. So you can kind of see the impact of them not having the veteran rosters that they've had in the past. And, you know, just one play away on multiple weeks in this district could have looked a lot different, but Mariners still on top. And they are still undefeated. Uh, Another big district contest down in Collier County, um, there was a, a lot of stuff going on, kind of some context for this game. We are going to get into that in a bit. But as far as X's and O's, Alex, what did you see between Baron Collier and Golden Gate? Uh, just real quick, uh, I guess we can call North Fort Myers the uh, modern-day Minnesota Vikings. I uh, just can't seem to get by in those one-score games. But, yeah, uh, Golden Gate, you can tell early on that they just – that it might not have been a great week of practice. They were very slow out of the gate. They didn't look like a typical Golden Gate team. Um, you know, they had five false start penalties in the first half. They burned all three of their timeouts in the first 14 minutes of action. Um, I, I was kind of surprised by that. Just there wasn't really great game management early. Um, but thankfully, you know, good athletes and good players can overcome things like that. Trayvon Jean had another great game. Uh, ran for, I think, 175 yards. Uh, he scored on the first play of the game, 68-yard touchdown. And then from there, I mean, the second half, it was just all Golden Gate. 34 unanswered points. Uh, they actually scored right before halftime to get him some momentum. And then Bradley Martino, uh, two receiving touchdowns, both from 29 yards out, to really put the game away. And then John Leon at two more on top of that. He did have to get carried off. Um, after the second touchdown, I don't know if it was a cramp or if he was genuinely hurting. Something to maybe monitor. 
this week. Luckily, they're not in a uh, big contest here. They could probably go without him this week against Benita Springs and not have to worry. Um, but, yeah, the Titans were impressive. Nico Boyce uh, did not really have much of a game uh, against them. It was you know, a rough night for him. He started out 5 for 13, and then he finished 2 of 11 in the second half, 7 of 24 for a buck 40 touchdown and two picks. Um, he ran the ball 15 times for 71 yards, but just Barron lacked consistency offensively. And um, once again, I mean, Golden Gate exploited Barron's run defense. Um, the Cougars have allowed over 1,000 yards in their last four games on the ground. Um, that seems to be a clear weakness for them right now. And I was, uh, this past Friday, I was at uh, Fort Myers, South Fort Myers. You might look at the final score, uh, Fort Myers 49, South Fort Myers 28, and think it was domination, but uh, it was it was anything but. Um, South got within a touchdown twice in the fourth quarter, but it was Fort Myers' big playability uh, that was able to get them the win in the end. Uh, the first time South got within a score, Chris McFoley hit a, a deep ball uh, shot to Madrid Tucker, and the second time McFoley did it himself with a incredible 60-yard run, kind of Madden-like, his ability to stay on his feet, spin, and then uh, follow the block to the end zone was really impressive, especially for a Fort Myers team that hasn't always been able to finish in the fourth quarter. Um, they were able to kind of ice it with a pick six by Christian Schaefer. South got off to a, a rough start in this one with two turnovers in the first quarter. They went down 14 nothing. I was impressed by their ability to uh, keep fighting, come back, find different ways you know, they kind of turned to to Victor Jenkins, who went for 100 yards and, and two scores. Michael McDonald was their leading receiver with Justin White covered by Madrid Tucker. It was kind of a, a messy contest. There were nine turnovers in total between the two teams. But overall, I, I was really impressed by the pieces that Four Myers has. And, you know, Coach Sirianni would say this himself, that they haven't been able to put everything together yet in a game this season but you kind of see glimpses of what they can be especially on defense they have players at all three levels uh madrid showed what he can do at cornerback uh playing against a top receiver in justin white uh brian fitzgerald at linebacker he had a sack a fumble recovery interception in this game and kendall gervil up front had a sack and a fumble recovery these guys when they put it together they're going to be able to do something uh, if they get in the playoffs. What other games stood out to you guys this week? Uh, a couple shutouts. I was kind of surprised by just the margin of victory. Both district games, uh, Lehigh going up to Charlotte, losing 28 to nothing. I'd seen Charlotte the week before. Sort of <laughs> kind of escaped with a 7-6 win at North Fort Myers. And uh, Charlotte's good on the lines. We know that's kind of Lehigh's weakness, but they really don't have much of a passing game. Not that I expected Lehigh to go to Charlotte and win that game, but getting shut out with the playmakers that Lehigh has, um, I, I think that was surprising. And then uh, on the flip side is ECS going to Moorhaven, beating them 37 to nothing. I, I, I think that's that's a big win for ECS. Um, obviously, it's a district win, but you know, Moorhaven was a team beating the regular season last year, end up losing to them in the playoffs at home. Uh, you know, ECS was a team last year, kind of looked at their schedule and said, eh, you know, they scheduled tougher this year, uh, to their credit, uh, have some losses this year. They're only five and three, but uh, they won the games they needed to win. I thought that win was an impressive win. That's not an easy place to play at Moorhaven, uh, and ECS got it done. 
Another win this week for the Wildcats. Uh, they still have just one loss on the season. Uh, they beat Key West 28-9. to uh, That puts them in position for this Bishop Rowe Estero game for the district title. Against Key West, Malik Allen went off uh, 200 yards and three touchdowns. So kind of what we expected with that Week 10 game against Bishop Rowe to determine the district title. Alex, was there any other results that stood out to you? Um, yeah, and, and I'm the Naples guy, so I'm going to spotlight Naples high here. Um, they just put it on lately in the first half. You know, we kind of didn't make it our game of the week for a reason. I mean, it was 44-7 to at halftime, and then from there, second half scoreless. Golden Eagles is straight-up dominant. Sean Simeon averaging a first down and then more per carry. Um, 19 carries, 260 on the ground, four tutties. This Naples team, and I don't know if Rick Martin's found something with a committee-style backfield where he just keeps rotating fresh bodies in or not. Um, I think he's got something in that, um, especially with Jamar Jerome kind of serving as a compliment and you know Jack Melton serving as a compliment in some areas. But this Naples team is, I think, definitely turned a corner. Um, the defense has just been outstanding the last couple games. You know, anchored by Kensley Faustin in the secondary. They're just, they're strong across the board. And, you know, I'm not shocked uh, that Naples came away with a win like this. Um, another one, I mean, FPA putting a number on Newman, 47 nothing, no surprise there. Um, and then, of course, Bishop Verreau, 57 nothing over Gateway. Carter Smith in this one scored his, accounted uh, for his 96th, 97th, 98th, 99th, and 100th total touchdowns on the year. Um, Dallas Crawford has 112 for his high school career, so uh, definitely not far off from breaking that record, along with plenty of others here in the near future. Another big result uh, I thought was uh, Gulf Coast's win over West Broward, 21-19. Uh, Chris Jimenez got his second pick six in as many games to help them get the win there. Um, also, Aubrey Rogers, first win in program history, beating another new school, Joaquin Garcia, 16-8. to So impressive win for the Patriots. And then after the break, we are going to kind of take a closer look about some of these district matchups. Let's go! Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com. And by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Come on! Welcome back. And as we alluded to early on the podcast, there was uh, a lot going on for the Titans this week. And Alex, he was first on it, uh, reporting that story. So tell us a little bit about what happened. Well, yeah, it revolves around recruiting violations. And, you know, before everyone says, oh, every school recruits. Apparently Golden Gate was just very bad at it um, and just very open about it. You know, just there's some stuff I, I can't report yet, but a lot of consensus among sources about what happened. But they were just caught recruiting and um, impermissible benefits. And, you know, that kind of threw a wrench in their season, albeit temporarily. I mean, they're still winning. Um, you can make the argument that Golden Gate looked even better um, without Nick Pajik on the sidelines Friday night. But, you know, they were just dominant. But I, it's recruiting. I mean, we think there's probably a handful of schools around here that do it. Um, and just some, uh, someone just had pretty much the cojones to turn them in and to to make an issue out of it. 
but we, you know, we're going to have more on it. We're going to have more in depth uh, reporting on this. Uh, you know, our story last week is not going to be the end of it. So I'd say just stay tuned to that, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about more when it becomes official. Was there kind of a different energy on the sideline that you saw for for the Titans? Uh, it seemed more passionate, um, without a doubt. They were kind of playing a little too spirited uh, in the first half. You know, a lot of just they just seemed like that they were playing for their coach on defense specifically, and, and with that maybe came a couple personal fouls um you know they just seem really amped up and maybe the emotion got to them in a few situations but yeah it it definitely felt like a different golden gate team uh one that was definitely um looking to make a statement and and sure enough you know they did on the road last night or uh, last week and that kind of leads into my next topic because golden gate is one of the teams who are in control of their destiny in their district um, to seal the deal, they just have to beat Laley in Week 10. Uh, but we have a few schools like this, Mariners in the same position. Dunbar uh, has to beat Eastley and Southport Myers. And then we have some other schools, um, Bishop Rowe and, and Estero, uh, Gulf Coast and Mockley, that are kind of on collision courses. Of those teams, um, Mariner, Golden Gate, Dunbar, where do you think one of these teams could stumble? It's really tough, I think. You know, Mariners pretty much right there, right? And they they got past their big test, and that they're pretty much in great position. I do look at Dunbar, and I just think they have the toughest path remaining. They've got South Fort Myers still to beat, um, and that's going to be a tough matchup. You know, it's definitely the toughest out of uh, the three teams that you just mentioned. Um, South is definitely, you know, they're going to be playing with more urgency now and more hunger because they need to win to get in. They're going to be hovering around 500 if they don't. And I just think the way Dunbar has, I guess, stumbled over these last couple weeks, losing on the road to the Lowndes 31-7 and then only having nine points at halftime against a very mediocre Cypress Lake team, uh, that was a little bit surprising. And I think if that continues for Sammy Brown's team, uh, South might be able to exploit it and maybe put the pressure on Dunbar to make things happen. Um, obviously, it's going to be a Hollywood Loggins-type reunion game. He used to play at South. He's at Dunbar now. But uh, I look at the Dunbar-South game, and I think that's probably the one where if South really wanted to throw a wrench in it, they could. I just don't see Laley doing that to Golden Gate, despite you know the, the rivalry between those two teams. Yeah, I agree with you about the Wolfpack. I think if they... <laughs> Didn't get off to a, a tough start last week. Um, they, they really could have uh, challenged Fort Myers a little bit more, but uh, they're going to work to kind of correct some of those things. Um, they have Cypress Lake this week, and I think they should win that. And, you know, it, it will lead into a very uh, enticing matchup against Dunbar. Uh, there's no love lost between those teams. We saw two years ago uh, a two day contest that was very exciting. Um, Dan, as far as. Um, Playing spoiler, do you think Cape, do you think Laley, do you think either of those teams have the capability? Well, yeah, I mean, especially when you get into a rivalry game like Mariner and Cape Coral, uh, I mean, that game is always a competitive game, really no no matter the status of the individual teams. I know last year Mariner got like a last-second 
you know, touchdown bomb to, to end up winning the game. They were trailing at the time. And, you know, Cape Coral has played very good defense last year. Been a little spottier this year, but they, they've got the ability to turn it up. And in a game like that, I, I think the one good thing for Mariners, they're not going to come into this game and look at Cape as, as being a team that they can just roll over because of the rivalry. So I think from, a, you know, ability for them not to kind of look past this game, um, that definitely helps Mariner. But, you know, it, that, it's a way for Cape Coral to really save their season, too. Uh, that, you know, they'd like nothing better than to hand Mariner a loss. Uh, so it will not be an easy game. Uh, Mariner will be favored, probably should be favored, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a rollover type of game. And I, I don't want to overlook uh, the games that we have on the slate this week. Estero is coming to, to Mariner, and just one loss between those teams. What other games stand out to you guys? Look at Vera Mooney, uh, number two and two S against number three and one S. That's going to be a pretty good game, uh, rivalry contest. It's, it was decided by one score last year. I don't know if that'll be the case this year, but definitely um, Mooney will be ready to play. You know, it's not really a, that loaded of a week. I can also look at uh, Naples American Heritage. Uh, that's a rematch from last year, second year of a two-year contract. Naples will be uh, an underdog in this one on the road, but. Um, you never know in those types of games. So I think those are the two that you know I'm kind of looking at. We'll make picks of, of these games next, but uh, I also wanted to bring up First Baptist at Lemon Bay. Lemon Bay is undefeated. Um, is this going to be a real challenge for the Lions? I don't think it will be. You know, it's again, it's another undefeated record with a very lackluster strength of schedule. You know, while FBA might be on defense for a little while because Lemon Bay controls clock, I, I just don't see Lemon Bay stopping. Uh, the Lions, it's just, it's going to be too much, I think. And uh, as I mentioned before, Estera at Mariner, Dan, what are you going to be looking for in that matchup? Uh, it's really going to be a matter of, you know, can Mariner kind of stand up to the Estero running game? Um, Leek Wilson, obviously, last two games, uh, 200 yards uh, plus rushing in those games. And uh, Mariner did allow, you know, Virgil Malloy to go for almost 180 uh, last week in that win. Um, that I was really... You know, North isn't much of a passing team, not much of a passing threat. So, you know, even though you're keyed to stop the run, uh, North was still able to to run it effectively. That's what Estero uh, wants to do. They've got a little more of a of a passing attack than North does. So it's going to be interesting to see if Mariner is able to able to stand up uh, to that attack. And after the break, we are going to be making our picks in these games. And uh, I, I've been hearing that there's a new leader in the clubhouse. So stay tuned. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep All right, and welcome back. It's time for the picks segment. Dustin gets his 15 minutes of fame here. He is the new leader in the clubhouse going into week nine with a 65 and 15 record. Dan and I won game backs at 64 and 16. You, you were just like the Orioles. You were trailing the leader there for uh, quite a while in the division, and then you, you took the lead. And I mean, what's it going to take to pull away now? Well, that doesn't pretend a, a good ending for me, so thanks. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, don't call it a comeback. Yeah, uh, one game lead uh, just two weeks ago. 
Dustin was two games off. Three weeks ago, he was four games off, so he's definitely made some inroads. Um, we're going to start off this week, district contest. Not really a high leverage one, but Cypress Lake headed to South Fort Myers. Got to imagine the Wolfpack are, are pretty frustrated after last week. Dustin, you were at the game. Uh, how do you think South fares? Yeah, I think South played more impressively than that final score indicates. Um, they four turnovers by their defense. Um, Mike McDonald really stepped up, and Victor Jenkins, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the area. So I like the Wolfpack to rebound here. Dan, you think the same thing here? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Cypress Lake, uh, good effort uh, last week, holding Easley County to 12 points. Uh, you know, defensively, I don't, I don't see them doing that with South, though. Uh, this is still a district game for South. And, uh, you know, coming off that loss Fort Myers, it's a must-have win. A little bit of a neighborhood rivalry, too, here. But uh, I think South gets it done. I must remind everybody, the glory. this is the Glory Days Bowl. The Glory Days sponsors this one. Uh, but n- nonetheless, South's defense is just as good, if not better, than Cypress Lakes. Mike McDonald wouldn't be shocked if he has a pick here. Uh, Wolfpack are going to win this one and uh, head into a big district tilt uh, with Dunbar here in a couple weeks. Uh, Next game on the slate, First Baptist headed to Lemon Bay. Um, This game, you know, the computer is going to probably say First Baptist by 28 to 30. I agree. Uh, FBA is just too good, uh, and they're going to exploit Lemon Bay's undefeated record here uh, on the road. Dustin? Uh, I was just looking at the stats. Winston Watkins had eight catches for 188 yards and three touchdowns last week. I think uh, since he's joined the team, First Baptist has top 42 points in every single game. Um, I, I'm not sure if they'll top 42 again, maybe 40, but I, I like them to get the win here. Dan, your thoughts here? Can Lemon Bay control the clock? Well, that's going to be the game plan. I mean, they do have pretty good size on both lines, uh, do run the ball well. I just don't think they have the playmakers out, outside. Lemon Bay is going to be a 10, 12, 15 play drive type of team to score. First Baptist can get it done in, in one play. Uh, so I, I think First Baptist will make the more explosive plays and, and enough. I, I'd be surprised if it was like a four touchdown spread, though, because Lemon Bay is tough, especially up in Englewood. Uh, but First Baptist will win. For those who care what the computer thinks, I actually am surprised by this spread. They got FBA minus 11. I think that's a little too generous. I think FBA wins more comfortably than that, but Dan, you're 100% right. You know, this really reminds me of Baron Collier, Benita Springs. I was at this game last year. Um, Baron had the ball for about a quarter, and they scored, I think it was 35 points, uh, and Benita just tried to chew clock and couldn't uh, do enough of that. But nonetheless, yeah, FBA should be favored here. Uh, next game on the slate, Baron Collier headed to Laley. Um, a big game, actually, for both sides. Laley on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. They need a win here, and it doesn't get easier after Barron either. Um, so it's going to be, you know, Laley needing a win versus Barron trying to hold on to a playoff spot and stay in the thick of the race. I'll start with Barron. I'm going to make the pick. It's the Cougars. Uh, Barron should be able to win this game. I agree. Um, I agree with you that Laley needs this win, but uh, I also agree with you that uh, it's going to be the Cougars. Um, it's going to be Nico Boyce's second game back coming off that head injury, um, and I, I think he'll he'll kind of get things together, and I, I think it'll be a sharp win for them. I agree. Uh, I think we're uh, all in unison so far. Baron Collar's going to win. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, for those who care, setting a line, Nico Boyce over under 212.5 passing yards. Um, he's gone over 200 yards twice this year. I think he might uh, eclipse that number here. Uh, game number four, Aubrey Rogers headed to Canterbury. Um, you know, it's 
you know, been tough going for the Cougars. Um, you know, their one-win season so far. Aubrey Rogers picking up some momentum, and they got a big win over Joaquin Garcia last week, uh, 16-8. to Dustin, this Aubrey Rogers team, you know, first-year programs always get better as the season goes. Do you think they carry it over here on the road? Yeah, the big question is, does Aubrey Rogers go on a winning streak or does Canterbury stop a losing streak? Canterbury has lost five straight. I'm going to go with the Cougars to uh, stop that losing streak and get the win over Aubrey Rogers um, just from that experience that they have as a program. This is tough. I want to flip a coin, but I I, I don't know. Um, I look at Canterbury. They put up uh, a total of 26 points over their last four games, 15 of them come against, uh, coming against Glades Day. Um, their last win was a 35-28 win over SFCA that they nearly they nearly blew that game, so they very well could be looking at a winless season right now. Uh, Aubrey Rodgers, I just I, I, I like the size difference here. I think Aubrey Rodgers' size is going to play a role. They're a bigger public school, um, and it might be ugly, but I think they get the win here, Dan. I agree. I'm going to go with uh, Aubrey Rodgers. I don't think I think we've picked them or had them as a game now three weeks in a row. I haven't got them right yet. Uh, but uh, this is the week, Aubrey Rogers. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it should be a good game. Crazy to say that this game was uh, game was a game of the week two years ago, and now it has been relegated into two one-win teams that have just underperformed. Um, Lehigh at North Fort Myers. Dustin, it wasn't that long ago that Richard Young ran for 282 on this defense on Thursday Night Football to open the year. Um, it's just crazy what two years to a program does. Um, Lehigh not where they need to be. North Fort Myers just can't get on the right side of those one score games dan i'll start it with you i mean you're kind of the the north guy here does north lose another heartbreaker at home no i think north uh gets this one done um north has played uh been more competitive in, in games this year you, even the ones they lost um you know you have two programs here with new coaches uh, lehigh had a lot of departures uh after uh james cheney left um and um before their new coach got in there uh so that kind of hurt them uh north uh you know first year of, of david pasquale very few seniors but i like the way that uh you know north has been competitive in all the games and i i think they'll be able to run the football um i, I like their defensive line uh, and i think north will find a way dustin I'm taking the Red Knights. Um, I think, as we've pointed out, these teams are in pretty similar situations right now. But I, I think North has shown a little bit more promise throughout the course of the season to this point. Yeah, and I think, you know, in this game, I think North's going to have a little more fight here. I think Lehigh is just I, – I think if there's a game where they just turn it off, I think it was after last week, that Charlotte game had to have been tough. Um, they just don't seem to be in the right position right now, and that game basically did them in for their playoff chances. Um, I, I think North gets it done here, and I think they're actually going to be on the right side of a one-score game for once. Uh, next game on the slate, Dunbar headed to Eastleigh County. Dan, it was, I think, two weeks ago we talked districts, and you said if, if there's a team to really screw things up here and be a disruptor, it's Eastleigh. Can they do that here against Dunbar? Well, you can look at last week's game against Cypress Lake, and it was kind of surprising the margin easily only scored 12 points. So, you know, was it a look-ahead situation maybe with Dunbar uh, on the horizon? You have Dunbar coming back from Georgia. You know, maybe a little bit of a hangover there. But uh, I still like Dunbar. I, I think they will find a way 
Um, I think, uh, you know, their passing game, uh, I think the receivers with Eric Fletcher, T.J. Abrams, they'll make enough plays. It might be a little more competitive, especially early on, because Dunbar has been getting off to slow starts in a lot of games. But I think eventually, second half, Dunbar will pull away a little bit, and, and they'll end up winning. And it must be noted, a lot of these guys at Eastleigh used to play at Lehigh. Um, and there's a couple coaches that made the switch over to Eastleigh. So don't think this game's going to be like a straight-up blowout because it's going to be a decent little game. Um, do I think Dunbar's favorite? Yeah, I do. Dunbar is going to be hungry after you know a 31-7 loss to Lowndes. I mean, that bus ride home, it, it had to have been tough. Um, I, I think they're going to rebound here, and I just think it's just bad timing for Eastleigh. I think if you know, it's a more generous situation if Eastleigh's not looking ahead and if Dunbar's not coming off a loss. Uh, maybe this game's a tad more competitive, but uh, I like the Tigers comfortably. Dustin? Yeah, you can definitely tell the Jaguars are, are building something. Um, you know, with the late game heroics from Eric Thomas getting a safety uh, that helped them get the win. Um, but uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, it's, it's definitely looking like a, a Dunbar win. Of course, next game on the slate, Thursday night football. Uh, must be noted, Cypress Lake South also on Thursday night. Forgot to mention that. Uh, but this game, Tampa Catholic headed to Fort Myers a second time. Uh, the Crusaders will be headed down here. You know, Tampa Catholic, definitely a team that has had high expectations. They're 3-3, three and three, though, on the year and just haven't performed up to expectation. You know, they did snap a uh, two-game losing streak. To beating Blake 38-17. They lost to Robinson 25-24 and lost to Berkeley Prep 35-7. Beat Lehigh 52-19. Uh, but Dustin, circling it back to you here, don't know what to expect. I really don't. So that's why you're starting. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, the, the last time that the Crusaders were here, they kind of hurt Lehigh pretty bad. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously Fort Myers is a different team. And I, I was really encouraged by how they finished against South Fort Myers, and I, I think their weaponry on offense with McFoley, with Tucker, um, is a lot to contend with, even if things aren't always perfect all the way through four quarters. Yeah, this is a game where, I mean, if Madrid Tucker's out wide, he's going to have his hands full. Um, he's got going to have to cover a Clemson commit and TJ Moore, four-star prospect. He, he's got a six-foot, three-and-a-half high jump. You know, this kid's going to be really talented at the next level. I think you know my, that might be a handful, and just we've seen it with bigger metros. You know, they they have more players and and just better players. I'm going to go with Tampa Catholic here, Dan. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a good game, but uh, I like Fort Myers. It'll really come down to their defensive line. Uh, you know, can they get pressure? Um, you know, you, you can get pressure on a quarterback that can kind of help. You know. Uh, thwart a passing game. Um, I think more, uh, Fort Myers may have unlocked a little bit of something with their offense last week uh, against pretty good South defense. Um, so I like the Green Wave to keep it going. You pick Fort Myers, right, Dustin? Yes. So you did learn your lesson uh, from last week. Yes. Not, not to pick against Sam Sirianni. I would Don't have gone against a Sam Sirianni 10-0 and if I would have picked Fort Myers last week. So, yeah, that, that stings, but I, I learned from my mistake. That would have been our second 10-win uh, posting of the – or third 10-win posting of the year. It would have been your second. You had one in week six. I uh, ran the table there. Um, yeah, we picked more than four games on this podcast. Uh, but next game on the slate, Naples headed to American Heritage. This game, I mean, it was 35-17 last year. American Heritage doubled them up, uh, but Naples only mustered 10 points offensively. Uh, Dan – I mean, can Naples do anything here? I mean, this Naples team is not better than it was last year. 
Um, and American Heritage may have had a little bit of a fall off, but they're arguably just as good. You know, I mean, just look at the rankings, uh, American Heritage top 10 team in the state. Uh, I think there were six last week. Um, and, you know, while Naples is getting something going in the running game, it, it's kind of a tall task uh, to go over there and, and expect them to pull off a victory. Um, if they can keep it close in the first half, you know, then, then they've got a shot. But I like Plantation to kind of pull away. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one, Dustin. Yeah, I like the the Patriots to get the win here. As Dan pointed out, they're ranked six in the state, uh, second in uh, 2M. So, uh, yeah, I think the Golden Eagles are going to have their hands full. Yeah, this one, I mean, American Heritage deserves to be a, a, a clear favorite. Naples ran for 254 yards last year in a 35-17 loss, which I think tells you all you need to know. I mean, you run for 254, you think you'd be in okay shape against them. Uh, it, it only resulted in 10 offensive points. Uh, seven of those came on a kickoff return, but I like the Patriots. If you're looking at a number maybe for Naples, I'd, I'd look around 220, 220 and a half uh, for the rushing total here. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't think uh, I don't think Naples will be able to hang for four quarters. It's going to be a tough battle, especially being on the road. Game number nine, Cardinal Mooney headed to Bishop Vero. Rivalry contest. I mean, can you call this the battle for the, uh, the Diocese of Venice? Maybe. I mean, uh, two Catholic schools that... Um, if there is a rivalry where two teams actually do dislike each other, which we don't have much of these days, unfortunately, this is, might be the rivalry where two teams they just you know they, they do not like each other. It's gonna be a good game on Sunrise Drive. Uh, Dan Vero, can they move to eight and one this year? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it is a fun rivalry to see between Mooney and Vero in every sport, uh, soccer, volleyball, doesn't matter, uh, you name it, it it's going to be a really good atmosphere there. Uh, Mooney will travel very well to Vero, so that, that'll be interesting, um, but um, it's really tough to pick against Vero in this situation. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Dustin? This is a, a bit of a throw the record, throw your, your form out the window kind of matchup. Um, and it's been close the, the past few years with Vero getting the edge, but uh, I think Vero is better uh, than they've been in the past three years. And uh, Mooney, you know, not the toughest schedule to get to 5-1, and one, and uh, we know Vero, the, the quality of opponents that they beat. Yeah, without question. So that's a pick for Vero, correct? Yes. Yeah. Just just wanted to make sure. Um, I'm also in unison. No bulletin board material this week, guys. Uh, you got Vero's is too good. You know, in three career games – Against Mooney, Carter Smith has averaged a combined 269 passing and rushing yards. I'm going to set that line a little higher, 282.5, I think. I think Carter Smith is due for a big game. Um, maybe Maddie Turner is a beneficiary of that. Uh, one touchdown in three career games versus Mooney. I think Maddie Turner should be able to find the end zone here. Um, my conscience tells me this is, might be a high-scoring affair for both sides. I don't know. But maybe it's close early, maybe like 14-all, 14-14, and then Vero pulls away. But uh, Vero should be able to win this one. And then our last game, our game of the week, Stero headed to Mariner. Um, this is a really intriguing matchup for a couple of reasons. Um, Estero, won, they've won six in a row. They're on the right track under Darren Nelson. They survived the early uh, season stretch after FBA. Um, he, Darren Nelson told me it was a defining stretch for their season early on. They've weathered that, and they, they just keep winning. That's uh, a testament to the players and the coaching staff. And then you got Mariner continuing this historic start, uh, looking to cap off you know an undefeated regular season. They're going to have their hands full here. Dustin, can Estero do what no other team has done this season, and that's beat Mariner? 
I've gone back and forth here. Um, I think there's definitely a chance that Mariners athletes kind of take over. But if it's close and, and we've seen that, you know, maybe the Mariner run defense is vulnerable and Malik Allen is, is, <laughs> is definitely heating up right now. Um, if it's close, Astero just has that knack of winning these close games that we've seen the last two years. However, I'm, I'm going to stick with Mariner here. Um, they're at home. They haven't lost a game all season. So I'm going to go with that. And, and yeah, we've been, I've been kind of throwing in player props during this pick segment. Uh, Malik Allen, back-to-back 200-yard efforts against Gateway and Key West. They've got something in the run game. Um, he's averaged 201 rushing yards over his last three games. Um, I do think this might be a bit of a challenge, though. I got, I got his line at around 158.5. I think it's going to be a good game for him. I think Estero will be able to have some sort of a ground attack here because of what North did last week. Uh, North went for 315 on, on, on a Mariner run defense. Um, but I, I think Mariner, at the end of the day, they, they find ways to keep winning, which says a lot about the program. You know, you turn the ball over four times uh, via interception, you still find a way to win. Um, I think just because of the way they've been winning, they've I guess you could say they've learned how to win. Maybe you guys disagree with me on that, but they know how to win now. Um, I'm going to take Mariner as well. Um, I think the Tritons continue it. Dan? Yeah, I agree. Um, you could see the potential for a little bit of a letdown game here, considering, you know, although, you know, everybody was saying the right things after the game, especially Coach uh, Josh Nicholson saying, you know, it was just another game, you know, we're on to the next one. But it, it was a special game, a special atmosphere there, big win for Mariner. So you could see maybe a little bit of a of a letdown this week. But I, I think ultimately Mariners, too many weapons on offense, uh, real multifaceted attack, a lot of guys that can hurt you in Justin Lewis. Lewis, Marcus Kelly, uh, Kalen Davidson in the passing game, and then Noel Tober uh, with his arm and with his legs. I, I think, you know, if Mariner can take care of the ball, uh, I don't think they can turn the ball over four times this week and beat Estero, uh, just because I think Estero is a better team uh, than North at this point. But I think Mariner will take care of the football better. They're at home. I like Mariner to keep it going. That's not to take anything away from Estero either. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a close game. Darren Nelson's prides himself on defense and i think they're gonna have a game plan to come out against mariner um the computer thinks this is a one score game 26 21 in favor of mariner um i could very well see that um it's going to be a pretty talented game it's going to be number seven against uh number 13 dustin you have something to say yeah the astero defense has 13 interceptions so far on the season uh that's and and 12 fumble recoveries that they 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 might lead our area for for amount of turnovers. Yeah, that's that's something to note. And, I mean, it's multiple guys doing it. Luke Gannam, arguably their best defensive asset. Um, he's got three picks uh, and six fumble six. recoveries. Um, he's just building off of what he did last year. You know, this doesn't surprise any of us, I think. Um, he had a great season last year. Uh, helped the Wildcats to a pretty solid 8-2 and two finish. Gannon was just doing a little bit of everything. Kind of maybe a beneficiary of what Jason Duclona gave to the other side. Gannon was just really talented, and I'm not um, shocked. I mean, he had four fumble recoveries last year, so uh, he's got a knack for finding the football, whether it's on offense or defense. I think safe to say he's the X factor if, if Astero wants to win the game. But uh, that'll wrap up the pick segment. Um, we might have a new leader in the clubhouse next week. Uh, maybe Dustin extends his lead on us. We will see. Um, consensus across the board here, with the exception of the Aubrey Rogers Canterbury game uh, and Tampa Catholic and Fort Myers. Uh, we shall see. 
but be sure to go to news-press.com slash sports and naplesnews.com slash sports. Uh, just a busy week all around. We got district volleyball on Thursday. We got uh, some big games on Friday for football. You know, we're, we're your one-stop shop for all the high school content here in Southwest Florida. Uh, be sure to follow Dustin Levy on X at Dustin B. Levy. Be sure to follow Dan DeLuca at News Press Dan. And be sure to follow me at NP underscore Alex Martin. Uh, for those guys, for our wonderful producer, Amanda Inscore, this was Season 6, Episode 10 of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games. One, two, three.